Welcome to Revealing the Ivory Tower podcast. My name is McKenna Herford, and you're probably wondering, oh God, another podcast. Why another podcast? I have 5,344 other podcasts that I like to listen to. And to be completely honest, I'm there with you. Um, I'm there with you. Bear with me, though, because I have a few reasons why I want to do this podcast, and it'll be a little different. The first reason is I want to talk a little bit about the ivory tower, the academia problem that we're having here. And the problem that I'm talking about is research. Okay, so the whole point of my field, which is counseling psychology, or a lot of other fields that do research on people is not only to get that information to colleagues so they can take the torch, so to speak, and kind of pick up where you left off, propel the field forward, is also to give that research to the public. And there are some barriers there. Um, And the first one is a lot of the peer-reviewed journals, we like peer-reviewed journals because there's a vetting process there, they cost money. They're expensive. It's ridiculous. That's a whole other conversation for another day. But that means that a lot of people don't have access to them. And even if you do have access, like for example, Google Scholar offers a lot of free access. Um, There are a lot of government sites that offer access to journals for free or articles, publications. Sometimes it is, oh my God, so boring and dense. Like I'll be reading an article within my own field and I'm like, what is happening here? I, I don't understand. And I have to take like five breaks and drink some caffeine, and take a nap, and I hate it so much that I will even go for a run, and I don't run, people. I don't run, so if I need to run to get that frustration out, there's a problem, so it's dense. You can tell that the people haven't left their research lab in 20 years, and they're writing this, like I was reading some medical journal articles the other day and I'm like, I don't, I, I need, I need you to dumb this down a little more. And I, I can't, I need you to explain this to me like I'm five in the words of Michael Scott. And um, the other reason that it's a problem is because people are not trained to really scrutinize uh, research because when you're researching people, there are always limitations to the studies. Always. We're complicated. There are a lot of variables. And even with a lot of education, like me, for example, I'm not necessarily the best person to critique research articles. My PhD program focused more on practice than research. So I am certainly not up to par with some of my other colleagues who are great at scrutinizing it. But that definitely means that your average person really doesn't know, like, okay, did they run the right Um, analysis. And that really becomes complicated when it's not a peer-reviewed journal and it's maybe a predatory journal that doesn't have a vetting process and they're really just trying to make money. So they'll just throw out any research articles. Um, And there can be mistakes. You know, bias comes into play. People just kind of make errors. It happens. Um, And so the first thing that I want to do on my podcast to kind of target that it is really having experts to Um, talk about the strengths, like what they know um, about the research and what are some things that are maybe left out of the research. We want a fuller picture here. The second piece that I'll talk about is 
the quote experts. So I don't have any research to support this yet, but what I've noticed at least in my um, time on the social media platforms is the first group is just outright fakes. They're not, um, they're, they're not trained formally. So I joined TikTok because I hate 2020 that much. Um, and apparently want to relive my twenties. I'm not really sure. And I actually found like really informative, uh, videos, funny videos. And as I was swiping through, I saw some that were related to mental health. And I noticed very quickly that several of them, the things that they were saying didn't really have a lot of support in the research or it was the way that they were talking about it. I could tell because I have the training, like this seems a little sketchy. Like this is either completely inaccurate or they have kind of a minimal understanding of what's going on here. So I would go and click on their account, whatever you want to call it, their profile page thing. And it wouldn't say, you know, their education or like therapist, psychologist, doctor, whatever. It would just say, quote, entrepreneur or like have a link to their Instagram or something. And that's not legit, people. It's a problem. And their videos were getting like tens of thousands of likes or even 100,000 likes I saw in one of them. It's a problem. They're not legit experts. They don't know what they're talking about. I cannot speak to whether or not it's intentional um, just to get followers or money or whatever, or if they just believe it based on their personal experiences or they did a quick Google search and it wasn't a legitimate source of information. I have no idea, but it's happening. The second group is um, what I've noticed. So maybe they do have expertise in one area, but then they're speaking on a lot of different areas that they don't have formal training in and they're not really disclosing where that expertise ends. And to me, that's just as problematic. Um, so I was listening to an interview based podcast uh, a few months ago, and the guest was a biology professor at a university. And so probably means he has a PhD in biology. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and so that means he probably is an expert in some aspects of biology. But since it was an unstructured interview, which I mean, I still preferred because it was very interesting that way. They inevitably ended up talking about uh, current events, the current sociopolitical climate, just whatever has been happening in 2020, because how do you not how do you not talk about this? Um, And so the guy was just answering questions, but it was still a problem because although we can argue, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of biological underpinnings to what's going on in people's behavior, that's still not his area of expertise. That's actually still some aspects of psychology, not my field though, um, or sociology, not his area. And he didn't disclose that, right? So saying something such as, um, you know, I'm not actually familiar because that's not really my field or I don't know, I'm not familiar with the research or if you're going to speak on it, you know, saying something like, this is my opinion. It's just my two cents. I'm not an expert in this field, though. Definitely listen to an expert. And I can't really fully fault him, right? Because he's just answering the questions in the interview. And so it was unintentional. But that's kind of the problem is we need to be intentional about saying, 
this is where my strength is. This is where it ends. Um, And so my field and a few others really have ethical codes that talk about it. You know, not just areas where you're competent, but then you also need to disclose where you're not competent. That's kind of important. And I wish that was the case for all fields. I really hope people start taking responsibility and doing it on their own. But if I'm being completely honest, I'm rolling my eyes right now. There are still people that have these ethical codes that don't follow them. And the reason why is actually my third point. So our brains are really amazing, complex systems um, or organs information processing systems, whatever word you want to use to describe it. And we're really efficient in a lot of ways. Even if you think about reflexes, for example. So if I slam on my car uh, or my slam on my brakes whenever I'm about to wreck my car or something like that happens so fast, I don't have time to think about it. Or if I kind of poke my skin with a sharp object It happens so quickly, the pain response, that I'm not even realizing my brain's involved at all. I just kind of think, oh, my skin is doing this reaction, but it's a lot more complicated than that. Well, the same thing happens with our more complex thought processes, the ones that set us apart from other animals. We're still able to prioritize, synthesize information pretty quickly. And that helps us problem solve a lot quicker. We are a lot more productive that way. There are a lot of benefits to it. And most of the time, this isn't necessarily a problem. The cost though, because there's always a cost, the cost to efficiency is accuracy. Because the reason that we're so efficient, according to a lot of research, is we have these shortcuts in our brains. So that way we can reach conclusions a lot more quickly. And sometimes that's really helpful, especially in life-threatening situations, Um, anything like that, if we need to prioritize information very quickly. But if that's not the case, well, it leads to errors inevitably or fallacies, biases, heuristics, whatever you want to call it. And we all do it. I do it too. I'm saying this and I've done it multiple times this week. It happens all the time. Um, And I think we need to normalize that a little more. And yes, I'm still talking to the people on social media that are like, oh, I base my opinions on facts, not emotions. Well, the research doesn't support that, number one. Um, And number two, you may not be having an outward emotional response, but that really just means your thoughts and your emotions are not connected. The thought error is still happening. And again, it's super common. So we need to talk about that more, I think. And so how do you catch it when it's happening? Really, you just have to start self-monitoring a lot more and self-reflecting. We talk about it in therapy a lot. It helps with pretty much anytime you have to interact with other people, you kind of have to self-monitor, really self-reflect. Or even if you're looking at your performance at work, anything like that, you want to self-reflect on this. Um, so for example, if you've had a romantic partner, I'm sure at some point you've made assumptions about the person's intention or their behavior or whatever. Um, and there are a lot of reasons for that, you know, past experiences with that person, past experiences, with other people, some other contextual factors, some other things that were happening at the time, but you still made the assumption and it may have been correct or it may have been inaccurate. And so that's just one example of 
you know, essentially a shortcut that your brain made. One other thing that our brain does, um, it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And it's probably my favorite topic. And they've done a little bit of research on this. So basically people that kind of boast about how knowledgeable or how amazing they are at something, their performance doesn't tend to match up with that. It's usually not as great. Um, and the opposite's also true. So people that tend to think like, oh man, I'm going to be terrible at giving a speech or this test. They usually don't do terribly or at least as terribly as they think. Um, they study this in like math tests because those are a lot easier to score um, given multiple choice. And so they'd ask people before they started the test how well they thought that they perform and or how well they think they perform. And that tended to be the case. The people that were like, oh, I'm going to nail it usually didn't do as well. And then the people that thought, oh, my God, I'm going to bomb this test usually did better than what they thought. And so that kind of goes back to the expert topic. There are probably people that are not self-monitoring and not taking a step back and thinking like, "Mm, am I actually an expert on this topic? And of course, these errors can really blow out of proportion. You know, we tend to assume that any thoughts that run through our mind are universal truth. But there are a lot of things that affect thoughts. And a lot like a lot of times we just have random thoughts that pop in our minds. I'm sure that you yourself have had either some really intense dark thoughts, some really weird off the wall thoughts that you probably wouldn't repeat to another person. We all have those. It's okay. But then you're thinking for the reason like, oh my God, why am I thinking this? I'm a terrible person. Or it spirals in another way where you're thinking you really, really fully believe this. Um, And I think one example I saw recently on Facebook was... It was about that scam that was either, I don't know, UPS or the post office scam where someone texted, you know, a bot is like texting you saying like, oh, we have a package waiting for you. Click on this link. Um, And whenever you click on the link, like that is a scam. But the post said that, oh, this information is leaked out to sex traffickers so they can find you. And I'm sitting here thinking, first of all, how would this person know? Are they friends with sex traffickers? Have they worked with sex traffickers? Where is this coming from? And I got to tell you, as someone who's worked with sex traffickers, although not as extensively as my colleagues, I still got to say that would be a lot of effort for pretty high risk, pretty because pretty high risk. Um, And side note, most sex trafficking happens because of a relative, by the way. It's a really small percentage. It's a random, like, kidnapping your kids. Regardless, that seemed pretty unlikely. And so when the news stories came out saying, oh, okay, like, it's essentially like a phishing scam. They steal your data. They may sell your data. They may try to hack your system, whatever the case is. That made a lot more sense to me. I mean, yes, I guess it's possible it could be some type of sex trafficking thing, but a lot less likely likely than, like, hacking or stealing information and and selling it. Um, But people were sharing that because it was probably fueling some type of thought process that they were already having. So they made that shortcut or they maybe had a fear response. Um, They're already feeling on edge. And generally in 2020, people already kind of stressed out anyway. And so they went ahead and shared it. I mean, I saw it everywhere and I'm like, what is happening here? And I'm sure I've done the same thing with other posts where I just kind of share them. I try to be better now where I'm thinking like, okay, how do, how do I know 
what is being shared is accurate. Also, how do we even define accurate? I don't know. Um, and so that's kind of kind of an issue. Um, I just learned a few months ago that you can totally Photoshop a screenshot of like a Facebook status and comments. Like you can totally change what they say. I had no idea again, cause I'm not an expert in this area, but that just goes to show again, questioning everything, what we call in research, a healthy skepticism. That does not mean though, it's a fine line. That does not mean you totally disregard information. And so that goes back to this delicate balance of self-reflection. Um, and so in the podcast, I, hope to kind of go through this process out loud. You know, what are some assumptions that maybe I'm making or um, errors that I've had? And hopefully my guests will feel comfortable talking about that as well. Um, And what truly their limitations are and their expertise. Um, And what are their strengths? Because that's also important too. Because at the end of the day, I want to share information on a lot of really interesting topics um, in a fun and funny way. So I'll be sharing embarrassing stories every session, cutting jokes, right? Um, And the topics are going to be really interesting. I'm going to start with mental health because that's what I'm most comfortable with. Um, But I want to branch out and I want to learn more information too on a bunch of different topics. So I may start with like holistic therapy, Um, eating disorders, ADHD and autism, serious mental illness, trauma for sure. Um, And then they branch out to diet, uh, work motivation, political science, medicine. I'd love to to branch out on these different topics and do it again in a fun way and in a way where we're trying to capture the full picture here as much as we can. And so I hope that that's kind of enough reason to listen. And as far as choosing a podcast for my modality, I guess, to share this information, people have been telling me for a very long time, I should have a reality show or strap a GoPro to my face um, or have a blog or write a blog, create a blog. I don't know what the right verb is there. Also, do people still do those in 2020? I don't know. But podcasts are kind of hot right now. And I think I better communicate verbally, um, although maybe this will totally prove me wrong. So I think it's important to have these discussions, um, and I hope you tune in. And since I did say that I would talk about embarrassing stories before getting started here, um, I guess my embarrassing story of this week is I was walking with one of my friends to her apartment. And I know that a lot of people get busted, like staring at other people. And then they like run into, you know, you see it in the movies and it's like slow motion and they run into a car or a desk or a wall or something. So I had the same thing happen to me, except it was a stairway and I was staring at a dog (laughs) and a lot of people saw, um, one person even asked if I was okay because I dropped like my groceries everywhere. Um, and so that definitely happened. Um, and I'm not going to lie. It happens quite a bit where I just get very distracted by a dog and I'm not even paying attention to what's going on and boom, base wall, stairwell, whatever it is that totally happened. Um, and so if you can relate to that, let me know. Um, I definitely have a lot of clumsy moments like that. And for my next episode, um, I think we'll be talking about holistic therapy 
Um, and also therapy in general and what that process is like, you know, what you should look for in a therapist. Why should you go to therapy? What does kind of traditional therapy look like in the United States? And what are some other options? Because again, we want to capture the full picture here, at least as best as we can. When it comes to people, it's kind of impossible to capture the entire picture, but I'd like to at least capture some of it. So with that, I hope you continue to listen and give me suggestions on what you like and what you don't like or what topics you'd like to learn more about. Hosted by me, McKenna Herford, painfully edited, terribly probably, by also me, McKenna Herford, and music by Kevin McLeod.